that was really good for our football team. Yeah. Uh, it was hard to be away from my wife and kids. Yeah. I mean, they're by my faith, they're the number one thing in my life. And, but as a football team, it was really, really good for a first year program. Yeah. Uh, when they were in their rooms, they were allowed to be with their roommate, that was it. When they were down in the ballroom, they could be with us and we could hang out. And so they'd get tired of staring at each other. They'd come down to the ballroom and be around the coaches and hang out. So those relationships fostered and, and grew a lot faster than they normally would in a, in a typical situation. They weren't going home to their girlfriends, their friends, their families at night. They were going to their roommate or hanging out with us. So the ones that football really mattered to, they were in that ballroom all the time. And the ones that it didn't matter to, we hardly ever saw them, and most of them aren't with our program anymore. So I think it really put that part of our culture growth on a fast forward. And I think it's been very beneficial. Now, we didn't have a weight room. We didn't get, we didn't gain strength. We lost strength during the season. Um, when we started back in July, we couldn't spot each other. So they, they really went a full year without lifting. So they lift without a spotter? We did when we first got back in wow. June and July last right. year. And then we moved to Vegas and we don't have a weight room at all. So we went one full year without lifting weights. And for a Division One football team, that's a bad deal. So since January, we've made a lot of progress in the weight room. Uh, we've done things like the Sand Hills to, to fast forward the middle toughness aspect of it. And our method of winning is we're going to out physical people and, and – Play the hardest, and the team that plays the hardest usually comes out on top. What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. That audio was Danny Gonzalez, head football coach of the University of New Mexico, just kind of talking about some of the struggles that his team faced. Obviously, you know, a lot of the talks at Media Day revolved around just how weird 2020 was, how hard it is to get accurate takeaways, you know, unique experiences for a lot of these teams I've talked about. New Mexico quite a bit on this podcast and just how much respect and admiration I have for their program last year. I mean, to do what they did, to have to completely relocate and basically, you know, be away from their family and everybody for months on end, that's that's just insane. And I mean, you know, like Gonzalez said, they couldn't even lift. Imagine being a D1 football team and not being able to lift. Even so, I felt like they were pretty competitive. I I genuinely feel like Gonzalez has this program kind of trending in the right direction. So that's obviously going to be interesting to see how that that all plays out. I mean, CSU, they've beaten UNM 10 times in a row, which is pretty much unprecedented in conference play. You just, you don't really see that happen very much. Two teams, especially two teams that, you know, used to be kind of historically competitive. I, I wrote a feature on, you know, UNM and the fact that, you know, they, they're really looking forward to trying to stop that losing streak against CSU you know, Danny Gonzalez, he was he was asking everybody before team meetings, you know, how many times has CSU won in a row? You know, 10, the players were like, God, he brought it up every single time that he could. So if, if you're, you are a DNVR member, go check that out. I thought it was kind of a, a fun, you know, light little read for college football fans, Mountain West fans, obviously CSU fans. Um, that has quotes from the players. That has quotes from Gonzalez. I am going to play some more Danny Gonzalez audio on this podcast. Also going to play some audio from Steve Adazio talking about the potential of an expanded college football playoff. I wrote about that as well. And so we have a lot to dive into today. Before we get into all of that, you guys, it's stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
housing market in Colorado, it's just crazy. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process for you. They're going to alleviate so much stress and just take some of that worry off your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. Mike and Virginia are proud DNVR members. They're CSU alumni. They work nights and weekends to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their situation. And they actually have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, though, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. If you want to talk to somebody directly, give Mike a call at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Or again, you can always visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Cool, 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 cool. You know, like I said, I'm going to play a lot of audio on the podcast today. I'm going to play audio from interviews, you know, throughout the next week or two. I've got, you know, a lot of content to create for you guys after Mountain West Media Days. It was a lot of fun, really appreciative, uh, really unique experience, actually. I went out there with Cody Tucker of 7220 Sports, had him on the podcast a couple of days ago, giving our instant reaction to the whole Texas-Oklahoma thing and the potential implication on the Mountain West, all that fun stuff. It's obviously a really unique time in college football. Things are changing and you know the gaps between the haves and have-nots are, are widening by the day. So it's going to be really, really pertinent for these Mountain West programs to kind of put themselves in position and not get left behind because when the dust finally settles, I... I do think we're going to have a, a, a different landscape altogether. And that kind of sucks, but it's it's definitely just going to be a weird time. Um, you know, speaking with some of the coaches around the Mountain West, one of the things that they talked about is they feel like you have to have a physical identity to consistently compete in the conference. And, you know, going back to that interview we had with Izzy Matthews a, a couple of weeks back, that was something he mentioned, you know, that he felt like CSU kind of lost was a, a sense of physicality, a sense of toughness under the Mike Bobo era. You know, there was flash, there was talent, all of that, but they just didn't really have the the toughness that it took to consistently win on a week to week basis. And so I, you know, I asked some of the coaches, especially because it got brought up early in a couple of different interviews, you know, Brady Hoke, I talked to Danny Gonzalez, uh, Jay Norville, Brent Brennan, so many different coaches, Adazio, Adazio was virtually, um, you know, we just kind of asked, do you, agree that, you know, teams in the Mountain West have to be a little bit more physical than say, you know, the Pac-12 and and Todd Graham, who was obviously a, a coach at Arizona State for a while, he was like, oh, absolutely, man, you, there's a lot of quality football in this conference and there's a lot of cannibalization. So it takes, you know, toughness, both mentally and physically to consistently win in this league. And, you know, people consistently undervalue the the toughness and the competition level of the Mountain West Conference. So I thought that was kind of interesting to see everybody on the same page when it when it came to that. Uh, but this audio that I'm going to play for you here is from Danny Gonzalez. You know, we kind of talked about the toughness. We talked about just the history between CSU and New Mexico. You know, he mentioned, you know, back in 2002, 2003, even going back to the late 90s. You know, these were two teams that were consistently at the top of the Mountain West, you know, led by Sonny Lubick and obviously Rocky Long, who 
eventually moved on to San Diego State and is now back at New Mexico as a defensive coordinator. You know, those were those were teams that were tough and they wanted to punch you in the mouth and they didn't back down from anyone. And I think I'm hope and I think a lot of CSU fans do, too, that, you know, the Rams are going to have a, a similar mentality under Steve Adazio and Danny Gonzalez actually, you know, kind of alluded to that. I, I've got to imagine that, you know, they've have have a similar approach. You know, that's what he told me. So I, I thought Danny Gonzalez was a really good interview. I thought it was fun to kind of talk about the history between these two programs, obviously, you know, they're not very far away. It would be cool if both of them were consistently winners because, you know, it's an easy travel situation for both fan bases. You can shoot down Albuquerque or vice versa. They can come up to Fort Collins. And, you know, ultimately, you don't really want any pushovers in your league because, like I said, I mean, at the end of the day, college football is changing and the Mountain West and all these programs, they don't want to get left behind. So here's that audio of Danny Gonzalez. I appreciate him. I appreciate New Mexico, Mountain West, everybody for allowing this to happen. It was genuinely a blast to be out there and just be around other reporters and, and talk to everyone. It, it finally feels like football is, you know, back for real. Obviously, last year was just so weird with everything that happened. And, you know, I'm just excited for a little bit of normalcy. And I think everyone else is, too. Anyways, here's that interview with Danny Gonzalez, and then we will move on. When you look back on last year, then, are, are you going to remember most that, you know, the positive that came out of it, the spending time with the players in the ballroom, getting to know each other more so than, you know, the difficulties mm-hmm. of having to play an entire season away from your home? You know, the, the blessings that we had is, I mean, our medical staff did a great job. But you have to give the credit to the kids because we laid out a plan for them, and they did everything we asked. We didn't have one single positive COVID test when we started from when we started playing games, when we moved to Vegas, not one, we were the only team in the country that after we played a football game, didn't have a positive COVID test. I mean, that's, that's a great job by our kids and a great job by our medical staff. Now we truly had a bubble. We were in Lake Las Vegas on the other side over in Henderson. There was nobody else staying in the hotel. So the whole time we were there, we might've seen 15 people that weren't with our party. If uh, Uber or Lyft came to the hotel, the front desk would call me and let me come down and make sure it wasn't one of our knuckleheads trying to escape <laughs> the, the compound. It never was. And so they didn't have anywhere to go. And but they at least have Wi-Fi. I mean, they had Wi-Fi. We did. We had a whole we had a whole wing set up for okay. with internet for academics. And oh, yeah. Okay. They did their tutoring and academics down there. Yeah. And so we had a we had a really good setup now. It was hard on the kids because they didn't get to see their friends, they didn't get to their families, and, and you get tired of doing the same thing over and over. But they were dedicated to competing. That's what they're here for. And so I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of what they did and what they gave up to be able to be a part of that. Did that inspire everyone to take, uh, help with the, the vaccine program at all? Or, or? Um, I, I, know I think it helped a little to, bit. I think what really time. helped is, is, once again, our medical staff did a great job and made the vaccine available at the football complex. Mm-hmm. And so our kids didn't have to go anywhere. It wasn't inconvenient. And that age group, convenience is a big factor. We had over 40 kids get vaccinated when we, when we did the shot there. I mean, we're almost at the 80% threshold wow. to be a, our team being vaccinated. So we made it convenient. They're dedicated to what we want to do. And so we're, 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 we made inroads. How's the in relation to the uh, county? Are you guys a little bit ahead? Actually, the state of New Mexico has done very well in vaccination. The state of New Mexico, statewide, we're almost at 70%. Okay. So New Mexico's done really good in vaccinations. Um, And then where we we don't know and where we will come do some 
concern is that I, we don't know the, uh, I haven't heard the campus vaccination rate yet. That has not come out. So we were, our kids are going to be on campus this year. They're going to be around their fellow students and your fellow students. And, and you're seeing all this stuff with the Delta variant and all this stuff, yeah. the people that are having trouble with people that aren't vaccinated. So the ones that aren't, we'll, we'll have to, that'll be a challenge. That'll face a challenge of, for every football team in America. So the campus is open to everybody, whether you're vaccinated or not? It is. Oh, okay. So right now, until it's FDA approved, they're not, it's not mandatory. And I don't have any idea what the percentage of kids that are going to be vaccinated is on campus. We've seen the SEC come out with their stance, you know, regarding teams having to miss, if it comes down to COVID-19, if they don't have numbers, it's going to be a forfeit this right. season. Do you think that's the right stance I to do. kind of encourage people? I do because, and I don't think you're trying to blackmail people into doing it. I think, uh, Last year, we didn't have answers. There, there was no solution. The, the solution was test four times a week, or three times a week with PCR tests. Make sure that you try and keep it out of your bubble. If, and if you get somebody that has it, then contact trace the whole group so that you can limit, the, limit it as best you can. Well, now there's a solution. And it's driven by medical numbers, so they have the option if they're willing to do that, then there's going to be kids that are contact traced because they don't get to play because they didn't. They, and, and we live in a, we live in the greatest country in America, in, in the world. America is the greatest country in the world where you get to make that choice. And I'm okay with them making the choice that they think is best for them. I wouldn't want anybody telling me what I had to do. Now when it's FDA approved, it'll be just like the MMR shot. Everybody's going to have to have it. Well, it's not yet. It will be soon, but it's not right now. How, how challenging is it you know, as a coach to kind of evaluate some of these teams on the schedule, just given, you know, it's such different sample sizes. For instance, I covered Colorado State. They played four total games, really weird on and off again. Can you can you even get an honest assessment from that small of a sample size? Mm, difficult. And it makes it even more difficult. Like here's a coach, coach Anderson at Utah State. They've done a phenomenal job flipping their roster. They have so many kids that weren't there. Uh, I mean, they've done a great job. So... That's a challenge in itself. Now, by the time we play them, we'll have 10 games under our belt. Yeah. Uh, I think we have six games under our belt by the time we play Colorado State. So we'll have an identity. We, there'll be more of an identity than the four games they played last year. So we'll have an idea. The ones that are scarier are the first ones. New Mexico State played two games in the spring. They played with a bunch of their guys that they didn't have the transfers that weren't eligible. So they're going to be a completely different team than the team that lost to Tarleton State and beat Dixie State. Uh, Sam Houston ba- or Houston Baptist um, lost for their better players who they're replacing with. Uh, Texas A&M is going to be the third best team in the country preseason. They're pretty dang good, and I know who they replace their guys with. So, uh, and then UTEP is is in a similar boat as Mega. I mean, we'll have a couple games to to watch. But last year, it, it's really hard to. I mean, people are going to they're going to look at us. Well, we got better as the year went on. We had all of our guys the whole time, unless we lost an injury. Most of everybody else had to compete with COVID and, and evaluate based off of guys that weren't able to play, but were still in the program. So I think last year you just throw it out the window and, and try and figure out the first few weeks of the season who everybody is and what they have and go from there. Yeah. I know you got to focus on every opponent the same. You didn't get a chance to play Colorado State last year. Mm. But, you know, CSU's won 10 times in a row now versus New Mexico. They have. Is that, you know, something that 
Oh yeah, you brought up to the team every time we talk about Colorado State, we haven't beaten them ten. That was all the so that was going to be our opening game last year. Yeah, until uh, the governor told her until the state of New Mexico told us we weren't playing. Um, every day we opened up the team meeting with how many times Colorado State won in a row ten. They know, they know. So they'll know again this year. I'll, I'll remind them, and if we lose, then they'll hear it eleven. Just kind of off of that, talking to some former CSU players, they. They brought up New Mexico a lot, just saying that's the team that always played us the hardest. I know that you didn't play CSU last mm-hmm. year, but did you get a sense that that was a group that really was you know competitive? Oh, I, I think the New Mexico Colorado State series, even when we were here before, those games always came down to the wire. In two thousand and two, if we beat Colorado State, we lose twenty two fourteen. We win the Mountain West Conference Championship. Uh, those those battles have been great. I mean, in 2005, the year we were picked to win the Mountain West Conference, we beat Colorado State. We go to a bowl game. We don't. They do. Uh, they've always been close games. It's it's we're close enough regionally. Um, I love playing those guys because they do things very similar to the way we do. When Coach Lubick was there, you had two identical football teams, two teams that were trying to kill each other to be the most physical dominant team. Kind of, Coach Dazio's got that personality, so there'll be some fun battles. Is that what it takes to win consistently in the Mountain West? Is a sense of physicality? I think it it uh, it helps. Um, the great thing about football is physicalness is the great equalizer. You can have a super talented team, and they don't like if they don't like getting beat up. All of a sudden, they start dodging, they start diving, they start getting out of the way, and it wears on you pretty soon. So we got a bunch of teams in the in Wyoming. Colorado State, Boise, they all want to hang their hat on being the toughest team in this league, Air Force. We're throwing our hat in that ring. We'll see. All right, we'll get right back into that interview in just a second. But DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer for just my listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. I mean, these odds are absurd. 100 to 1 on an offer like this does not come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now and get in on all of the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors and nearly limitless ways to get in on all of the action. My friends, my family, everyone has been loving DraftKings Sportsbook and I know you will too. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. Again, that code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to shout out our friends over at Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's is back. We're so pumped to have them on board again. As you guys know, the pandemic shut down a lot of restaurants. Illegal Pete's was one of them. They've been back in action for a while now, and we could not be happier to promote them. There's a lot of great things happening at all of these six Illegal Pete's locations. They have a sound check promotion, which is an ongoing promotion at, offered at all locations. It's a free draft beer or house mark with the purchase of an adult entree when the guest shows a same-day ticket to any event, 
They have a location in Lodo, so you can, you know, go down easily before a Rockies game. Obviously, they have one up in Fort Collins. You'll be able to take advantage of this come CSU football season. The Lodo location actually reopened in a new location with a bigger indoor and outdoor space. They're now in the corner of Wazi and 16th. That's super convenient because it's close to Ball Arena. It's close to Coors Field. All the locations serve breakfast until 1 p.m. Friday through Sunday, and their Lodo location actually serves breakfast all day. If you're like me, a breakfast burrito hits the spot at around 8 p.m. Definitely going to have to hit up that Lodo spot next time I'm down there. Pizza's launched Party Margs during the pandemic. These are 32 ounces of their house margarita. It's approximately four times the size of a house marg. They have a happy hour at all locations from 3 to 6 p.m. every day, which is $1 off all drafts, $1 off house in coin style margs. You can get a $20 party marg, $1 off large chips and queso, $1 off chips and guac, free chips and salsa, all of that dope stuff offered at Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's cares about their employees starting salaries at $15 an hour plus tips. You get free food and drink on shift, discounted when you're off duty, 401k match, PTO to all employees, and an option for health insurance for all full-time employees. They're obviously a homegrown company. They now have 12 locations between uh, Colorado and, and Arizona. They're still independent. They have some of the best queso around. And obviously, we've got a ton of love for them over at DNVR. Shout out to Illegal Pete's. Hit them up the next time you're in Lodo, the next time you're in Fort Collins and Boulder, wherever you may be. Pete's is the perfect spot for your next dinner. All right, I'm going to save the Steve Adazio audio for the next podcast just because I, I played a little bit more of Danny Gonzalez than I was originally intending to, but it's an enjoyable interview. You know, he's he's fun to just kind of chop it up with and, and talk about college football. I'm sure the New Mexico media really enjoy his presence. <laughs> a better better interview, at least in my experience, than Bob Davey ever was. Um, before we kind of move on here, though, I am going to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. And I think there's sneaky value for Texas A&M to win the college football playoff. You know, I've, I've already said that I think Alabama and Clemson are a step ahead of just about everyone. But given Texas A&M's schedule, it's actually pretty favorable. And at plus 3,500, the value is definitely there. It's kind of interesting when you look at it, you know, Bama's the favorite at plus 250, then Clemson plus 380, Ohio State plus 550, Georgia plus 600, OU plus 750, and then it jumps all the way up to plus 3,000 for Iowa State. If I'm, you know, comparing between Iowa State or Texas A&M, I like A&M's chances a lot better. Obviously, you know, Iowa State is worth considering they got a veteran quarterback coming back, they have a veteran running back coming back, and they don't have to run the gauntlet that is the SEC like A&M does, but... I just think with what AM returns in the backfield and, you know, Wattemeyer at tight end, they just, I think they've got a really, really good shot of being one of those final four teams. And obviously that's all you need. Worst case, you know, you can get a cash out. My, my choice, my DraftKings pick of the week, Texas A&M to win the NCAAF playoff. Where, like I said, I am going to save the Steve Adazio audio for the next episode or two. I just feel like it'll be better as a standalone and it'll make more sense and all that. And just, continuity flow, all of that. Anyways, but I am going to briefly just kind of talk about the consistency angle because that's obviously one of the questions I played in that Danny Gonzalez interview. I asked it to just about every coach that I spoke with. And it was a, you know, not quite a consensus, but everyone was along the same lines and saying that it's really tough to evaluate teams last year, just given the sample sizes were so wonky. And I mean, CSU is obviously a perfect example of that. 
I'm doing my year-end review series right now where we kind of dive through all of the different games from last year. It's not very hard because there's only four of them, but I'm just re-watching them and just kind of seeing if what I remember is, you know, kind of what actually happened. Obviously, you forget over time. But I think with CSU especially, when you kind of watch those last four games, whatever takeaway you want, you can probably come away with because there are flashes that where you just see potentials of... I don't want to say dominance or greatness, but a really good football team. I mean, you you look at what the defensive line does, and you're like, God, man, that's that's going to be tough. They're just absolutely feasting on what were some of the better offensive lines in the entire conference. I mean, San Diego State, Boise State, Wyoming especially, those are some of the best lines that you're going to face. And, you know, guys like Patchen and Manny Jones were just feasting on them. I mean, Patchen in particular against Boise State and Manny Jones in particular against Wyoming just... You watch those guys wreck, and you think, man, like if they, if they got to do that for a 12-game season, I think this team probably would have at least made a bowl game. I mean, again, a lot of their easier games didn't end up happening. They played some of the best teams in the conference, and I think you get similar feelings when you watch you know, Dante Wright or Trey McBride. I mean, watching Trey McBride just completely run through three Wyoming defensive backs for a touchdown was as great of a moment as there's there's been for CSU football in the last five years. And no matter how many times I watch that, it's awesome. And then his quote post game was even better. You know, it, it should take at least two or three guys to tackle me. Dude's a beast. But anyways, I think you guys get what I'm saying. I mean, you watch these guys and you think, man, this team could be pretty good. And then you watch, you know, the, the inconsistencies with the run game, not being able to, you know, pick up third and short type situations with a veteran back or, you know, the, inconsistencies in the passing game because again I don't want to be Mr. Debbie Downer I don't want to say the sky is falling I don't want to rip on a kid before we get into his second season especially when how the first one was just so weird I mean the whole QB carousel with Centeo and O'Brien was weird and I'm not gonna lie we could see another carousel situation this year with you know Matt Vilecki I'm second guessing myself on that pronunciation I'll have to get that locked down before the season but Anyways, the, the, you know, the Boston College transfer, it could be a situation, especially, you know, if he just looks really proficient as a passer where they work him into the mix if Santeo doesn't, you know, get the job done. I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if it's not Santeo week one, just because we've heard so much about him from the coaching staff. And I mean, some of the veteran players, Trey McBride in particular, has had a lot of great things to say. But I will say I've noticed that when I've asked people about it recently, you know, they they kind of talk like it could be a little bit more of a competition this August. So just something to keep an eye on. But, you know, if you if you watch the struggles, the passing struggles last year, or, you know, you watch the defensive backs kind of get torched on, you know, third and long. And, and sh- it should be added that it was such a weird situation for those defensive backs. They were missing guys all year long because of injuries and COVID protocols. And I mean, they had a skeleton crew back there. So it's it's not shocking that they were inconsistent. Anyways, you know, my big takeaway from all of this is just that we can't put too much stock into just about anything we saw last year. There's reason to believe that, you know, the great plays we saw could happen again, but we kind of have to take it, you know, with a grain of salt, just knowing if we want to argue the the flip side, you know, if you want to say the bad was, you know, especially bad due to extenuating circumstances, you know, you just got to recognize we can't get too high, we can't get too low. That's 
God, I sound so cliche right now like a coach, but I mean, last year it was particularly true. You can obviously come away with some takeaways, and that was one thing Brian White told me. I mean, four games they had, you can evaluate it based on what we saw, but I just think it would be wrong to not take everything else into consideration. The the roster size, the inconsistency of you know having some guys one week and, and others the following. It was just everything about last year was wonky. I'm not trying to make excuses. You know, I, again, I've been pretty realistic in my expectations for CSU. I picked them third in the Mountain Division behind Boise State and Wyoming. Ahead of Air Force, who has to replace, you know, like dang near everybody from last year. They had a really weird circumstance with like 40 guys opting out due to COVID-19. So they're going to have a completely different look than they had last year. But I do think CSU is going to be competitive. I just think they have too many talented players to at least not be in the mix. I think it's unfortunate that their schedule's so tough. I'm just going to keep saying that because it's true. It's it's a brutal slate, but if they can, you know, break out, if they can bust out a couple of non-con wins early and, you know, beat Vanderbilt and beat South Dakota State. And I mean, if you could beat Toledo, a three and one start would be incredible in non-conference play. I, I don't think they're going to beat Iowa. And then you give yourself a little bit of positive momentum and in, in, into Mountain West play and, and you got to win some of those games early. You know, you get San Jose State at home. Mexico is not a particularly brutal road atmosphere. I mean, there's an opportunity for this team to surprise some people and at the very minimum reach a bowl game, which would obviously help the program grow. That's one of the things I wrote about in my article, Steve Adazio. You know, he is in favor of an expanded college football playoff. He just doesn't want it to come at the expense of the bowl system. One, because they're tremendous experiences for the coaches and the players. It's a way to reward you know, most of the teams aren't going to be in the playoffs, so it's an opportunity to to reward everyone else for having a successful year and kind of give them those something to hang their hat on. But even more importantly, I mean, it's just big for development. It's a huge advantage. He talked about how even when he was at Florida, I mean, they're coaching for national championships, and they obviously were pretty successful in those in those Florida years. And he's saying, like, the early practices especially, I mean, it was just focusing on getting a lot of these younger guys reps. I mean, leading up to the game, they would focus a little bit more on the guys that were going to be playing and and implementing a game plan and all that. But that extra month of practice, those bonus reps, they're just so important. And I think about a team like Utah, who just seems to always be in a bowl. No, they're not contending for national championships, but year in and year out, they come out and they compete and they're, you know, relevant. And I think a big part of that is just the, the the momentum that they've had from making all of these bowl games. Anyways, that's that's all I have for today's episode of the DMVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Been all over the place the last couple of days, but it's been a weird time for college football with the Texas-Oklahoma stuff and talking to all these different coaches about different stuff. I know it hasn't necessarily been a consistent theme or anything like this, but I hope everybody is enjoying the variety of content. Like I said, I'm going to have plenty more for you guys in the next week or so, and then obviously leading all the way into fall camp, which... It's going to be the first week of August, man. It's going to be here before we know it. I can't wait. I know you guys can either. Thank you to everybody that continues to support the content. You guys make my dreams come true. Hope that I can bring you some killer content all season. All right, stay safe out there. Have a great week. Peaches out of
Palisade, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.